Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And once again, we're going to talk about the game on everybody's minds, the game on everybody's lips. It's Cyberpunk 2077 here showing Keanu Reeves telling you that you're going to do something to this beautiful night city that CDPR has created. But unfortunately, the launch of Cyberpunk 2077 hasn't been quite as beautiful as its gamers would have suspected. So it was as of 2.47 a.m. this morning that Cyberpunk 2077, through its Twitter hashtag at Cyberpunk Game, delivered what they are framing as an apology. Now, as we like to do in virtual legality, we're going to talk about the corporate messaging here. You can already tell from the thumbnail to this video that I think this is a fairly lacking apology and is, in fact, maybe a little bit even more insidious than lacking. Before we talk about it, though, I do want to comment on Cyberpunk. I spent basically all weekend playing this game. Uh, I was very much looking forward to this. The Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. And to be frank, on the Xbox Series X, I have had a wonderful time with it. It has some bugs, absolutely, but I have enjoyed playing the game and I played it for a substantial amount of time. So what you are about to hear in this video is not coming from someone that is a hater of this company or a hater of this product. I actually think they did a pretty good job and the city is 100% amazing, but they didn't do a good job for everybody. If you weren't following this late last week, Digital Foundry, which is an offshoot, I believe, of Eurogamer. It's a YouTube channel that does all these really advanced analytical and technical discussions of what the video game consoles and PC are outputting as graphics for these various games. I highly recommend checking it out. Put out a video on the performance of Cyberpunk 2077 in what we're calling now the, the old generation. Next generation being the Series X and the PlayStation 5. The older generation being the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One and Xbox One X. And they actually went so far as to call the performance unacceptable. And you can check out their video. I did want to give a link to their channel in the description to this video because it's a great channel if you haven't heard of it. And they actually go and they analyze how the PS4, the PS4 Pro performs with Cyberpunk 2077. And they find that it is dipping below the 20 frames per second in certain instances. And obviously that's unacceptable. Obviously that's not what anybody is expecting when they buy a game, especially on the Pro and the One X models, especially a game that's been in development for six or seven years, maybe five if you give them credit for having to restart and they were really advertising the existence of Cyberpunk very early, but a long time with those older generation consoles as the specifications they were intending to hit, and they apparently just failed entirely to do so. Now, as I said, the Series X performs just fine. It's not a next-gen version. It's, in fact, a backward compatible version that just uses the horsepower of the Series X to, to get a little bit more performance out of that game as built for those systems. I think it's fine. I, I believe the PlayStation 5 version is fine, but it's certainly not the PC version, and it's certainly not what a lot of people had expected. So here is what CD Projekt Red wound up going out with this morning. To give context to this, it's worth noting that Cyberpunk 2077 also had a huge amount of pre-orders, made a bunch of money this past week. I was hearing numbers like 8 and 9 million uh, pre-orders. So CD Projekt Red, in a very real way, 
has made its money from this release. And when you talk about corporate decision-making, you talk about these companies, one of the questions is, hey, why did this game need to be released right now? It obviously had a lot of bugs that was mentioned in a lot of corners of the internet, a lot of reviews. And while they haven't really affected my playthrough of the game so far, I can certainly see somebody getting annoyed by them, especially if they're some of the more significant variety. And the answer to that is that the outward pressures of running a company of the size of CD Projekt Red with effectively one major asset in The Witcher 3 kind of dwindling down over the years, not any problem with that. It was released a a while ago in, in video game time and having to get something out the door to please investors, to just move on. And unfortunately, it released in a state that I would say is pretty close to the end of early access. If you're familiar with that phrase on Steam or on PC in general, it feels a little bit like an early access game that's almost done. But of course, that's not what you wanted to buy out of the box. So they say in their apology, dear gamers, first of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you. Okay. Usually you apologize when you've made a mistake. Generally mistakes are accidents, not in this case. We want to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last-gen consoles before it premiered and, in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Now, there's a number of things in just these first two sentences that, of course, raise your eyebrows, maybe your red flags, your alarm bells, and those are the following. One... You don't apologize for what is deliberate action on the part of your company. Or you don't apologize in this way. Hey, we're sorry we didn't show it to you. That's really veering close to we're sorry we got caught, except you were always going to get caught on this. You knew what you were doing. This is more like the teenager that steals the car, goes on a drunken bender, comes back and says, sorry, folks. Sorry about stealing the car. You're not going to get away with that in most families, or households. And I doubt CDPR is going to get away with a statement like this in the long run either. If you weren't watching the marketing of this or you weren't on Twitter, you weren't following virtual legality and listening to these videos, you would have seen that there were a number of restrictions put on the way reviewers could even talk about cyberpunk once they were supposed to be reviewing it. They couldn't use their own footage. They couldn't use their console references. Codes for console versions weren't going out. It was clear as day that CD Projekt Red was hiding something deliberately and maliciously as far as we can tell here because once you look at the PlayStation 4 and especially the Xbox One, they don't meet up with anybody's expectations for this game. If you go and watch one of those Digital Foundry videos that they put out over this weekend, they actually say that the Xbox Series S version, which I think is running at 1080p or close to it, at 30 frames per second, is what consumers should have expected in terms of performance from the last-gen versions of the game. The second kind of alarm bell here is, what does the second sentence mean? We should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Those were the only console specifications that you had for the bulk of this video game's development time. What were you aimed at? You could say, hey, we were aimed at the personal computer, and maybe these are effectively ports of really difficult personal computer games like a crisis, but it was never framed that way because there's so much money and pre-orders and consumers in console gameplay. So this rings so, so hollow. And I love CD Projekt Red's output. I love their games. I hate to see this. 
This is very similar to those statements that you saw come out of Bioware with respect to Anthem, where the apologies are just hollow and they really don't commit to anything particular. Now, CD Projekt Red tries to commit to a course of action, as we see in the second paragraph. Second, we will fix bugs and crashes and improve the overall experience. That's to be expected. So when we're talking about, hey, you apologize, what are you going to do for me? What does this apology mean to your company? Giving me a sentence that says you're going to do what you would have done anyway doesn't really move the needle. The first round of updates has just been released, and the next one is coming within the next seven days. Yeah, I believe it was a 16 gig update on the Xbox Series X. At least that was my experience. Expect more as we will update frequently whenever new improvements are ready. After the holidays, we'll continue working. Nice to hear. We'll release two large patches starting with patch number one in January. This will be followed by patch number two in February. Together, these should fix the most prominent problems gamers are facing on last-gen consoles. We will be informing you about the contents of each patch ahead of their release. They won't make the game on last-gen look like it's running on a high-spec PC or next-gen console, but it will be closer to that experience than it is now. So what are they trying to do with this paragraph? They're about to say something in the next paragraph that's going to give people the ability to just opt out of this whole thing if they want. So they try to put this out up in front to say, hey, just in case you're thinking about returning your game, just in case you're thinking about doing something drastic, we've got a plan. We've got a roadmap. We know this didn't release the way that you wanted it to be released, but we're very thankful for your $60. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep working on bugs and crashes, as we would have done anyway, and we can promise you a large patch in January and a large patch in February. One of the problems with a company like CD Projekt Red putting out a roadmap-type schedule after the year they had in 2020, where they changed the release date of Cyberpunk four times, is that nobody is going to trust that this roadmap is going to be something that they will hit. They're also under fire, or at least in the spotlight, for crunch practices and things that have come down against them in various corners of the game journalist community. And so they have to watch very carefully about what they ask their people to do maybe through no fault of their own, but either way, because that spotlight is on them. So you've got this paragraph here that promises patches, promises patches without any contours around what will go in those patches, why you should be excited about them from a company that hasn't met a release date window in a year and overall in a fix because they've got your money, they've sold these copies, a lot of people are pretty angry at them and they don't want to make more people angry at them while they try to correct this issue. If you were watching video games when uh, the game No Man's Sky came out, it's a very similar kind of feeling, in my opinion, to what's going on here. Now, No Man's Sky, uh, the, the folks that made that game actually went basically radio dark for a long period of time because there's no good way to make a statement like this one. But CD Projekt Red is trying to massage the narrative, trying to massage this public relations situation, and I really don't think they succeed. Now, this last paragraph is where they give people the potential ability to get out of this thing. Finally, we would always like everyone who buys our games to be satisfied with their purchase. We would appreciate it if you would give us a chance, but if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you can opt to refund your copy. For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PSN or Xbox, respectively. For boxed versions, please first try to get a refund at the store where you bought the game. Should this not be possible, please contact us at helpmerefund at cdprojectred.com and we will do our best to help you. 
Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December 21st, 2020. So one, they put a timer on this. So if you're getting this, if your parents bought this for you, first of all, parents, we have to talk about the contents of, of Cyberpunk 2077 and the age of your kids, but we'll have that conversation maybe on another video. But if you got this for Christmas, maybe from a loving wife, and you put it in your system, your PlayStation 4, your Xbox One, and it doesn't run, CD Projekt Red says, eh, can't return it now. So it's after December 21st. The other problem with this is look at the way these sentences are constructed. For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PSN or Xbox. For boxed versions, please first try to get a refund at the store. Should this not be possible, please contact us, and including uh, through December 21st. Does should this not be possible refer to refunds only for box versions, or does it refer to both refunds on PlayStation Network and Xbox and box versions? Usually, when we're talking about English language, we'd say, okay, sentence, sentence, should this not be possible, probably just refers to the sentence immediately prior to it. If we were writing this as a legal contract and we wanted to clarify this, we would have a semicolon or a numbered list to indicate that this kind of qualification should apply to both of these things if we wanted it to be so. Now, why do I care so much about this? Well, because if you're going to go through the digital refund system of either the Xbox or the PlayStation Network, you might well find yourself in some trouble. Here we've got the Microsoft Xbox digital game purchase refund terms. You see here, hey, these digital game purchase refund terms cover Microsoft Store's digital game offers, Xbox apps, digital gaming bundle offers, and digital durable and consumable gaming offers. So, you know, we're talking about things that you bought digitally on the Xbox. We provide digital game product refunds as part of a consistent and reliable buying experience. Most people pursuing a refund just want to solve a problem. We know that. Most of you are good faith actors. It's always a good idea for a company to assume its consumers are good faith actors, but sometimes the system is abused. So we need to reserve some rights because some of you are bad people and that's not wrong really. If it appears refunds are being abused, we reserve the right to stop offering them except we're legally required. All sales of digital game products are considered final. So when we talk about setting standards, once you buy that digital product, you now have a hurdle in order to prove that you should get it refunded. Xbox says we understand there may be extenuating circumstances, but doesn't list them and doesn't explain what they might be. When you request a refund for these products and depending on the purchase or content type and determining refund eligibility, we consider a variety of factors like time since date of purchase, time since release, and your use of the product. Rick, you probably can't return Cyberpunk 2077 given how much you played it this weekend. That's all fair. The problem is, is that this is a completely discretionary policy. Now, if we want to believe in the goodness of everybody involved here, CD Projekt Red, Microsoft, and that this is going to work as entirely as suggested, then you should be able to go and tell Microsoft, hey, they told me I could return this thing. They believe it's faulty. Let me return it. But you're now dealing with a CD Projekt Red third party and a Microsoft third party that has money. And when that happens, it's unclear exactly what will occur with respect to refunds. Will Microsoft honor this? Well, will they honor it if you have played it for 10 hours and say, I just tried to, I really was looking forward to this game. I, I really wanted to enjoy it. Will they honor it after December 21st? All discretionary and all really out of CD Projekt Red's hands. And also unclear whether or not they have promised to help you with this part and not just with boxed version refunds. Similarly, the PlayStation Network has a, has a similar concept. After purchasing this type of content through the PlayStation Store, you have 14 days from purchase to request a refund. If you have started to download or stream the purchased content, you will not be eligible for a refund 
unless the content is faulty. And you see that mentioned again in the other legal descriptions of this policy, unless the content is faulty. So again, we have this high hurdle on the PlayStation Network store. If you want to go get a refund, Sony's initial stance is no. You cannot have a refund. We don't give refunds. Your sale is final unless the content is faulty. Now, what does faulty mean? Here, it's lowercase f. It's a relatively ambiguous term. In products liability concepts, we would usually consider that to be defective. Doesn't do anything related to what the specifications for the game are. If you download Cyberpunk 2077 and find yourself with a copy of old PlayStation 3 Classic Horde, then that would be a faulty transmission. You could refund that. You didn't get what you paid for. If it bricks systems, if it causes epilepsy, whatever it might be, or if it triggers epilepsy, I don't believe games can cause epilepsy. I'd have to go to a doctor for that. Go, go seek out YouTube doctoring for that particular concept. If it does anything that is really outside of what you are expecting from a game, then maybe it's faulty. Here in this case, what you've primarily got is a game in Cyberpunk that doesn't perform as expected. It's at 20 frames a second. It's at 15 frames a second. But certainly in the history of video games, games have performed that poorly before. And video game companies slash stores haven't owed you a refund for a game that just isn't any good regardless of what Digital Foundry says about this product, regardless of whether they say it's unacceptable, to some extent, it's been buyer beware. So does the actual developer slash publisher for this game come into play? It's also worth noting that CD Projekt Red has a publishing partner in, I believe it's WB Games, and where they come out on all this and how this money gets split and who's paying for refunds and what all this looks like is not nearly as simple as what this Twitter post would suggest, which all leads us to the structure of this document. You get to the third paragraph because they want to show that they are hearing you, that they are willing to do something, but they really, really don't want to. The second paragraph is all about, you don't want to refund this. This is going to be just fine. You'll just have to buy it again next year. Let's skip that whole process. Let's just keep the $60 and we're going to patch this up. No worries. Just hold on to it. And if I had one of these copies, I don't know what I would do because it can be a significant hassle for PlayStation Network or Xbox, especially if they're trying to keep track of how many refunds you get. Will this count against me? That kind of thing. And so this entire statement, as you would expect from corporate communications, there's nothing necessarily wrong with this, is self-serving, but self-serving in a way that rings entirely hollow to me. I really wish that this statement would have been vetted further, that it would have been thought about more, how people would read it, what it actually means to the players of these games, because I like CD Projekt Red's output. I like the games that they make. I have enjoyed Cyberpunk, but this really rubs me personally the wrong way, looking at we apologize for hiding the performance of our game on the systems that most of you will likely be buying it on. That is not an apology. And so when I say how to not make an apology, that's what I mean. CD Projekt Red, do better. You can't correct the past. That was obviously something that shouldn't have been allowed by, by really journalists and, and the people that protect the consumer on these kinds of things, even on just a consumer reports basis. But they did allow it. You got away with it. And now coming out and saying, oh, sorry about that, doesn't really ring true. CD Projekt Red, do better, be better. If you have your own comments to this or you want to talk about your own experiences in Cyberpunk 2077 in the comments of this video, please do leave those comments. I'm really interested in how folks 
are enjoying or not enjoying the experience. We might also wind up doing a conversation, impressions, maybe a postmortem on Cyberpunk 2077 in the near future because I have found it to be a very, very interesting game to consider and to talk about. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please like, subscribe, share, ring bells, put it up on forums, do everything else. We love getting new subscribers. We love having new folks commenting and conversing with us on all of these issues, the business and law of video games, music, movies, television, and the other pop culture that you're otherwise reading about. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Thank you.